Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Florida's capital city, this is Tallahassee's Morning Show with Preston Scott on 100.7 FM, WFLA, and iHeartRadio Station. Three, two, one. Here we go. Here we go indeed. It's hour number three, eight minutes past 8 a.m. If you can believe it, it's show 3,132. No matter where you are listening to us from, no matter how you are listening to us, thank you very much for making WFLA part of your morning. 76 degrees outside in Florida's capital city. Remember, all guests appear on the Prime Meridian Bank Home Loan Hotline. Joining me in studio to start this hour is Raymond Miller. He's director of the Tallahassee National Cemetery. When I say those words, Raymond, I think to myself, National Cemetery. Tell me how this came about. Uh, Well, Preston, the National Cemetery system has been around since the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And basically what started the the National Cemetery Administration was Abraham Lincoln, in in the words, to care for those that have borne the battle, the widow and the orphan child. Since that time frame... Uh, there has been a total of 131 national cemeteries that have been built and that currently right now uh, are either actually open for burials or they have been closed but still being maintained uh, as national cemeteries and soldiers' lots across the United States. Closed because of capacity? Yes. Okay. That's the only reason is closed because of capacity, and that is what's uh, right now, we are in the largest expansion since the Civil War uh, is going on right now across the United States. Tallahassee is currently scheduled to be the 132nd National Cemetery, uh, which is going to be followed by several more to its to the exact number is 18. Raymond, I should know the answer to this, but I don't. And so I'm no problem asking the, the, the simple question here. Does Tallahassee have a, did it have a national cemetery of any kind? Uh, there was not a national cemetery here. There is a uh, one of the veteran service organizations does have a uh, in one of the cemeteries here. They, they do have a burial section that is set aside for veterans. OK, but that's not a national cemetery. The, the national cemetery that's being built was built simply because uh, they go around the United States and there is within 75 miles of a uh, of an area is they have the there are enough veterans there to support a national cemetery. It's the same thing that they do when they look at where they're going to put a hospital, where they're going to put a clinic, and basically the greater Tallahassee area, there are enough veterans in this area to support a national cemetery. That's why it was selected, and that's why the building of the national cemetery is going on right now. You said largest expansion that's gone on since the Civil War. In in my way of thinking, it has to be simply because of our World War II veterans. You know, it is it is the World War II veterans, but it's also the rest of the veterans that are uh, have served after the World War II. Because when you have those cemeteries out there, some of them were started and they might have been 15, 20, 30, 40 acres. Well, as those filled up, 
we either had to find a location to start another national cemetery, mm-hmm. or we used, there's a state cemeteries, which the grants come from the federal gov- government, and they're allowed uh, to open in areas uh, where there's a need. Raymond Miller with me. He's director of the Tallahassee National Cemetery. So tell us about this specific cemetery. Where is it? When will it open? Okay, the cemetery, the uh, property that was selected and purchased, it was out on Appalachie Parkway, and it's 5015 Appalachie Parkway. Okay. Now, when uh, probably about two and a half, three years ago is when uh, the federal government started coming down here, and they were looking for property, looking for where they were going to locate it. And uh, the property that was selected was uh, from the St. Joe Company. Uh, and since October, that's when we had our notice to proceed, and that was after they did... Uh, they came out, they had town hall meetings, they did the environmental checks. This this property was selected, approved. Since October, uh, they've been uh, preparing the property. And so when will it open? Uh, the plan right now is, I was just wondering, can we talk about just the dedication date first and then that's, move into that? Yeah. Okay, the dedication date is coming up here, and that's going to be on the 22nd of May. Uh, it's at 1 o'clock. Good. And we're going to be doing the dedicating uh, dedication of the property, and we're also going to be doing the symbolic groundbreaking. Uh, after that, we have a uh, consecration of the grounds that's going to take place. And then from there, we're going to have our first burials in late summer, early fall of this year. They don't have an exact date, but uh, as we move closer to that, uh, based on uh, the percentage of completion, because a national cemetery is done in uh, two phases when it initially opens. Okay. The first phase... What it's meant to do is to get us open as soon as possible so that we're going to be in temporary buildings. Uh, We're going to still have work going on out there, but we will be able to open and allow for burials. So uh, that part is going to be ready late summer, early fall. Second phase is? And the second phase is where they're going to be adding uh, not only uh, our main buildings. That's our main administrative building, our main uh, maintenance building the permanent shelters for uh, doing services, uh, that's going to be prepared in about a year and three months. Additionally, that will allow for us to do above-ground burials and columbariums. Raymond Miller with us. We're talking about the Tallahassee National Cemetery, and again, the dedication comes up later on uh, this week. Tell me a little bit about the qualifications. How does somebody find out if they're eligible to uh, to be buried there, to have their loved one buried there, and so forth? The qualifications, the first, uh, uh, you have to establish eligibility to be buried in a national cemetery. Not only is it an honor to be buried there, but you have to meet the qualifications. Your discharge has to be, and this is a, uh, the legal term other than dishonorable. Now, the reason why they place that in there, there's been different, uh, discharges that have taken place over the years and other than dishonorable captures all the ones that could possibly be found eligible. There's your umbrella. It is okay. exactly what that is, but it makes sure that the idea is we actually have a scheduling center and eligibility located in St. Louis. So all burials that are scheduled go through St. Louis and they have eligibility people there. If there's any questions, any concerns about a discharge, or if they just need help to find the information, because if you take a look at it, you have some people that when they were in the military, their current family members might not know anything about it it, because it happened so long ago. Right. So we have people that help out to establish eligibility. Once that is established, eligibility is for the veteran, the spouse, 
and a dependent child. And a dependent child can be based on age or on a medical condition. What's the best way to get more information? Because obviously we can't capture everything here in, in our time together today. Where can people go to learn more about the, specifically the Tallahassee National Cemetery as well as eligibility questions? Okay. The uh, number one, they can call us directly. Okay. And the phone number is 850-570-6159. Okay. And if they would like to email me, I'm at Raymond, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D, dot Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, and then the numerical number two at va.gov. So it's Raymond.Miller2 at va.gov. Good stuff. Thanks for coming by this morning. Well, I want to thank you for allowing me to come in here and talk with you this morning, and uh, hopefully this gets more information out to the public, uh, and we have them come out and actually help us dedicate, because it's really... This National Cemetery belongs to everyone. We have a lot of veterans listening to the program. We'll be talking to a lot more on Friday. That's our show to honor on Memorial Day, and so uh, timely. So thanks very much again for coming by. Yes, sir. You have a good day. Thank you now. 15 minutes, almost 16 minutes now past the hour. Time to check the weather. We do that four times an hour during the morning show. Let's go to the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Terry Smith standing by with your WFLA forecast. Terry? Thanks, Preston. Get ready to get wet the next couple of days. Showers and thunderstorms will fire up this afternoon. Highs around 90. And again tomorrow and Wednesday afternoon, temperatures near 90. I'm 100.7 FM WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. It had been a very long time before any horse... Since any horse had won from the from the post uh, number one position, and so it, not only was American Pharaoh saddled with the worst post position, but now a muddy track. But this was something very few people knew. I knew this, but very few others knew this. American Pharaoh is a mudder. That horse has run before in the mud and had run brilliantly. Maybe the best race ever had been run in a wet track. And uh, the other favorites, well behind American Pharaoh, had never not only run a race in the rain, had never ever trained on a wet track. And so when the rain started falling, and I mean, folks, it was absolutely a quagmire. I knew the only thing that could get American Pharaoh beat is if for some reason it got blocked on the rail. And so my hunch was that the the jockey, Victor Espinoza, was going to break him fast and just get him out, get him out early, and that's exactly what happened. Victor Espinoza broke him fast. He, he, he took that rail position and did not get any mud in his face. You know, horses act real funny when they get dirt and mud thrown in the face. Some don't care one bit, one way or the other. Others mind it very much. And uh, and and I thought it was really important for this horse to just capture the lead at the beginning and not get boxed in in the mud and get that thrown in the face. And uh, it was as impressive a performance as I'd seen in a very long time. So I say all of that to say this. We, You have never, sir, young Mr. Nick Pierce, you have never personally seen 
a triple crown. Winner. I have not. Nope. I have not seen one. I hope. I mean, I keep hoping. We keep getting close, but I just the last time it happened, I had graduated from high school two months before. Nineteen seventy-eight affirmed. We went through a period of time where we were actually getting some triple crown winners fairly quickly. I mean, you had secretariat, you had affirmed, and then boom, nothing. We have had several win the first two, but lose the third. This horse might have what it takes. And I say that because, first, a wet track is the equivalent to running a longer distance because of the effort it takes to run through mud. It's just there's more strength exerted. This horse won so convincingly that my hunch is, based on what I saw the rest of the field, there was no one in the Preakness that has, in my opinion, the stamina to run the Belmont. The Belmont's the longest of the three Triple Crown races by a, by a sizable amount. It is a very long race. I think, unless there's somebody that was held out, and one of the complaints is that that guys win the Belmont because they hold their horses out of the first two and only run the Belmont, or they run the Derby, stay out of the Preakness, then come back, and they, they're they a more rested horse. I understand the complaints. They all need to run if we're going to have a real triple crown. No, I don't think they do. A great horse needs to be able to win against whoever. That's why it's so special. All of that to say... Make sure you are watching in three weeks the Belmont because you might not see it again in your lifetime. We've gone since 1978 since we had a Triple Crown winner. It is, whether you know horse racing or not, it is an amazing feat. So I hope you're watching. 22 minutes past 8 a.m. Here on 100.7 FM WFLA. The weather info you want. Whether or not you want the weather you get. FM WFLA. If it was Hillary Clinton, Jeb Bush, do you believe a third party could win? He said, Oh, absolutely. Glenn Beck at 906 this morning on 100.7 FM WFLA, Tallahassee's talk radio. Make sure you get to my blog page later. I'm posting a video clip that a listener just sent me. Virtually no one's seen it. And uh, it's an amazing encounter with a great white near St. George Island, right right off St. Vincent Island. Whoa! Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll give you the breakdown in the description, and you can see it for yourself a little bit later after the show. WFLAFM.com, keyword Preston. I told you, didn't I tell you that something was up with Tiger Woods? I don't know if he's going to ever win a golf tournament again. And I really don't think he's going to win a major. I, I, I'm honestly hoping. I don't want him to break Jack's record because I don't think he ought to. I just don't. He blew it. But I want to see him restored. I want to see him back in the hunt. I, it's great for golf. And I'm pulling for the guy. I really am. I don't like to see anybody fail. Unless you're a commie. Or a democratic socialist. 
like Bernie Sanders. I saw I saw my first Bernie Sanders bumper sticker in town. Did you? Really? All I, two old white white haired people. All I could do is stare at them and think to myself, "You cretins! You need to leave the country. Go live in a democratic socialist nation. Leave." I was just uh, anyway. Anyway, I'm pulling for Tiger. And I said to you, something's different. I think he's finding something in his life. He's finding some peace, some centeredness. And, you know, I think he's he's got some Buddhist kind of tendencies in him. At least that's what I think he's referenced. I wish the guy would get saved, but that's just, you know, that's a personal thing. Um, story here. There's a young boy named Dylan. He's got a huge stuttering problem, so his mom reaches out to Sophie Gustafson. Sophie's a longtime LPGA player, played on the ladies' tour. She's uh, Swedish and played in the European ladies' tour and had just a severe stuttering problem. So she writes to her, hoping for some you know, encouragement, some ideas, anything. She gets the letter to Golf Digest, Publishes they publish the letter. About this young boy and just the torture he goes through being teased. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quit football. Almost tried to kill himself. Tiger reads the thing in Golf Digest, asks for the boy's information, and writes him a letter on his own. Writes in his letter, I know what it's like to be different and sometimes not fit in. I also stuttered as a child and would talk my talk to my dog and he would sit there and listen until he fell asleep. I also took a class for two years to help me and finally learned to stop. He said, I didn't let it stop me. Not just the stuttering, but being a minority in golf tournaments all of his life. And I think it even inspired me to work harder. I know that you can do that. You have a great family and big fans like me on your side. Be well. Keep fighting. I'm certain you'll be great in anything that you do. Way to go, Tiger. Nobody, he didn't seek to publicize this. The family did. But that's what I'm talking about. Well done, young sir. Way to go, Tiger Woods. That's good. Took it on his own. Took a little initiative. Wasn't even related to him. Just took it upon himself to write a note of encouragement. See, there you go. I told you something was different in this guy. 8.30. Don't doubt my intuition when it comes to people. 75 degrees. Let's do some news. Come back. Two big stories in the press box. That Texas shootout, we got the latest, as well as some thoughts on the Boston bombing. The sentence. That's next on 100.7 FM WFLA. It gets you thinking about things you didn't even know you had an opinion on. So you have something to talk about at work. The Morning Show with Preston Scott continues on 100.7 FM WFLA. Yeah. 8.39. 77 degrees outside. Great to be with you at The Morning Show. Red Nose Day coming up Thursday. Don't know anything about it? I didn't know anything about it. Till now, it's uh, it's a fundraiser that's just kind of taken the UK by storm. It's coming stateside. 
And you can learn more at Red Nose Day, Red Nose Day, USA.com. Simple as that. And we'll talk more about it later on as we continue. Big story in the press box. Got an update. We had Tanya J. Powers on the program last hour. She joined us on the Prime Meridian Bank Home Loan Hotline. Gave us an update on that shooting in Waco, Texas. Really? Biker gangs? Well, security heightened now in Texas following a very deadly shooting involving these rival gangs. Here's the latest from Tanya J. Waco police say 192 people were arrested in the shootout at the Twin Peaks restaurant. Sergeant W. Patrick Swanton says that's almost everyone involved. There was at least 150 to 200 biker club members that were on the property. Many of them have been detained and many of them were involved in the shooting. Nine people were killed. 18 others were hurt. Police say they recovered guns, knives, brass knuckles, and clubs after the fight between at least five rival motorcycle gangs. State officials are shutting down the restaurant for seven days. A spokesman for the Dallas-based chain says it's seriously considering revoking the Waco location's franchise agreement. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News Radio. Yeah, and why is that? That's because the manager of the restaurant invited these people to come to his place. I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to throw this out there. If by chance you have ever been in one of these gangs, I'm not talking about a club. Don't give me this biker club thing. There I know what biker clubs are. They they're people that do poker runs for charity and they do good things and they just have fun. They share camaraderie and riding cross country and going on trips. I'm talking about a gang. If you've ever been part of a biker gang, would you call me right now? I'm serious, right now. 205-WFLA, 205-9352. I need to understand. What is it? Because I don't. I mean, there there are any number of things that that happen in, in life that I just can't relate to. I can't. I can't relate to the notion of being part of something like this where you feel that you must carry around a switchblade, brass knuckles, guns. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about the type of gun that you would carry as a concealed carry just in the course of, I'm talking about your, your interactions are such that the likelihood of you needing something is so much greater than just John Q. Public on the street wondering if someone's going to shoot somebody at a Luby's and you're going to get caught in the cross crossfire. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about just that, like they talk, uh, they talked about there, you know, nunchucks and I, who knows what else they had. If you've ever, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand, you know, what happened as a child? What, where, where, where did it become necessary to have to show your manhood that way, I guess is what I'm trying to understand. I don't understand it. I don't. It's just, and this, this, and I mean, obviously, they were supposed to be getting together to just kind of talk over and settle their differences. 
Well, I guess they were going to settle them another the old-fashioned way because everybody was armed. That's crazy. That's insane. It just it really is. That's sad. 190 arrested. <laughs> everybody was there. Um, other big story in the press box, the Boston, uh, marathon bomber sentenced to death. We're going to probably go through years of appeals. I mean, the, the quickest guy that got through it and got, got whacked was, uh, Tim McVeigh. Um, you know, the, the Oklahoma city bomber. Now his buddy is in permanent forever, solitary confinement, 23 hours a day, every, every day at this, uh, Prison in outside Denver, I think it was in Colorado. But this kid's gonna, you know, I mean, he's gonna be in a prison in Indiana, Indianapolis, outside Indianapolis, and would face lethal injection. When his dad found out the news, he just let out a deep moan and hung up. Mom, however, mom released a statement, and I quote Allah is the greatest, his decisions are the greatest. Inshallah, inshallah, to him we belong, and to him we will return. They think that they are killing us, and they celebrate this, but we are the ones who will rejoice when Allah grants us the chance to behold them in the flames of an eternal and terrifying fire, an other, an otherworldly flame, inshallah. I love my sons. With this love, I will stand in front of Allah. Thank you, dear, and may Allah be happy with you. So she's gonna. she thinks we're rejoicing and celebrating. Now, I can think of a few people that, are, that feel like justice has been done, but I don't think anybody celebrates. She doesn't think that there's a 100% case against her son. But I look at the picture of this woman, and obviously she's a woman that's her heart is broken over the death of her two sons because her, her second son is going to die. But I just think to myself, listening to that rhetoric, are you the source of the extremism in your son's? Is she the reason? I'm just curious. 845 on WFLA. Let's go to the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Standing by, Terry Smith with your WFLA forecast. Terry. Thanks, Preston. Get ready to get wet the next couple of days. Showers and thunderstorms will fire up this afternoon. Highs around 90. And again tomorrow and Wednesday afternoon, temperatures near 90. I'm 100.7 FM WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Got a few. Are you kidding me? Stories here on the morning show. Board members of the California Oakland Unified School District unanimously voted to cease suspending students for what they call willful defiance. Behaviors that include swearing or yelling at teachers, refusing direct orders, texting, storming out of the class, to name a few. They will no longer unanimously suspend such students. Really? Why? Because they're concerned too many black students are being suspended for willful defiance. (laughs) And so it's unfair. 
So basically what they're saying is you can get away with swearing at a teacher or just walking out of the classroom, storming out. Sophomore student Dannon Nicole Williams told the San Francisco Gate, quote, they never take time out if someone is sleeping in class to ask what's wrong. They may be acting that way because they didn't eat the night before. We're getting pushed out of schools. They don't care about us. Oh, dear Jesus, Lord Almighty. So that's what they think is going to fix the problem by just doing away with the suspensions. And so they're going to spend more money now. Notice now, the district signed a voluntary agreement to bring manhood development classes for black males to address the behavior. Spending $2.3 million per school per year. Or rather, per school year, sorry. And um, they could do it for free. Just listen to our Manly Minutes. Every Monday. Tape them. Send them. Done. Won't cost you a dime. They will uh, no longer suspend. And they're banning expulsions and transfers. Boy, I do not want to be a teacher in that district. So in in the in that school district, it's okay to swear and yell at teachers now, to refuse an order, to text whenever you want. You can walk out of class. Nothing's going to be done to you. Oh, yeah. They just made this better. Absolutely. 1,450 Bluebell ice cream workers losing their jobs. One-third of the workforce. It states here that the reason is that the company signed agreements with health officials in Texas and Oklahoma detailing, excuse me, steps the company will follow to resume production, and that includes firing people? Yeah, that's a sad story. All those people lose their jobs over that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Now, I understand firing people that might have been negligent in the performance of their duties, but you're firing a third of your workers? And how does that help? Are you kidding me? And then a story I referenced earlier. Russian President Vladimir Putin playing in an exhibition hockey game with retired NHL players, including uh, Pavel Burry, Valerie Kamensky, scored eight of his team's 18 goals. In an 18-6 to six win. He was a machine on the ice. Oh, he's really Scoring good. goals at will with former NHL players. Right. No, he's amazing. I've never, I don't know if you've ever seen him play, but uh, he's obviously known for his hockey skills. Judo, swimming, horseback <laughs> racing, or horseback riding, and now, and now that. But that's not even like a, like who, who, if you're watching that, that's not even close. 18 to six. I mean, that'd be, that, if you're going to win, make it like exciting. And, uh, you know, obviously he's, he won. They're all laying know. down. Right. There, no one's checking him. I would just love it if some guy's intuitive, instinctive hockey came out <laughs> and he just saw him skating towards the goalie and he takes an angle and just checks him into the boards flying. And then all of a sudden, the helmet comes off, and he realizes he just checked Oops. Putin. Yeah. I'm sure there's just, just boarded him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spell gulag? <laughs> Unreal. Are you kidding me? 851 here on the morning show with Preston Scott. 
Unless you don't mind being late for work or not prepared for what the weather's going to do tomorrow, why not get the latest traffic and weather reports and know before you go at WFLAFM.com. This you got to hear. That, that motorcycle gang shootout. Here's the PIO for the Waco Police Department, uh, W. Patrick Swanton describing how this all got started. We know a disturbance started inside Twin Peaks between several of the biker members. That disturbance quickly spilled from the restroom area into a patio bar area and it erupted from fistfights to a stabbing and from a stabbing to shots being fired. It started in the bathroom. That's our soundbite of the day. Time for the Morning Show 180. Look back at the program in 180 seconds or less. We began the program with a look back over the weekend. Mitt Romney, Evander Holyfield, duked it out for charity. We had, um, we had obviously, I was surprised FSU baseball got swept by Clemson. They got to take them on again. The ACC baseball tournament in a couple days. Congratulations to FAMU baseball. Won the MEAC tournament for the first time since 1994. Jamie Shoup taking the Rattlers to the college baseball playoffs. Way to go. And the uh, FSU softball team uh, won their regional. They go to the Super Regional. Talked about a guy who commandeered a, um, a commercial jet. Bragged about it to the FBI. Did it from his laptop. <laughs> Man. Second hour of the program, we learned that if you're pro-life, you're also sexist. You didn't know that about yourself, I'm sure. Talked about the week of awareness, good cause, good things. But I don't believe that the surveying numbers are uh, nearly representative of the truth. Um, But it points us in a direction that's good. Discussions, discussions, discussions. Talked with Raymond Miller in the third hour of the program. Tallahassee has a national cemetery. They're going to dedicate it on the 22nd. You can learn more. Look it up online. Preakness. We got someone hunting for the Triple Crown. Are we going to have a Triple Crown for the first time since 1978? And then, of course, the big story in the press box, the shootout in Texas and the death sentence of the Boston Marathon bomber. Tomorrow, Steve Stewart joins us at 7.08. Don't miss it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.